You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. The world just so like COVID with all of you guys. Um, you just, we had to rethink some things. The entire world did. Had to really look, in the heart, look at our hearts. And, look, and, and some people still choose not to look in the mirror and look at their own hearts. But I had to because I got away from I got to see what I got away from. I got away from uh, what God, I got away from him, man. I really did. I didn't, I, I knew the Bible. I could get up and I could teach it. I, I loved him, but I really didn't love him like I used to. And, uh, and what God has done in Catalyst Church, it had, it, 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 he did in my heart is uh, that little boy. That, uh, that I didn't know the Bible when I really uh, experienced his presence. I was uh, between three and seven years old when I just felt him. And I got away from seeking that. And I'm telling you, we can do that. We can do that. And I really, the way we overhauled this church, and to this day, we are very focused on his presence and his spirit because Jesus promised us that we would do greater things. He said, I'm sending the comforter. Uh, he said that I've given the same power that was in me. The same spirit that lives in him lives in you if you want it to, and you have access and availability. And I just, I had to gravitate back towards some things because the presence of God is how we're going to heal this world. The presence of God is how you're going to heal your marriage. The presence of God is how your kids are going to find Jesus, even though you wasted a lot of years not showing them a good example. Uh, the presence of God is going to take you off drugs. The presence of God is going to do whatever you need it to do. Whatever you lack, we need him. We have seen over the last year and a half, I've seen, I was baptizing somebody about a year ago. Uh, and uh, I mean, we thought it was over. They turned off the online feed and there was a single mama that jumped in there in her dress and we baptized her. And we have seen mamas with their babies at the altar. And it, ain't just happening one Sunday. They're coming back a year later. They're still at this altar seeking him. And I got to really see what God wanted to convict me in my heart, that he is what we need. Uh, you can read the Bible all day. I did that. I, got, I, got, I know the content, but the, con- the creator, the, the writer of the content is who wants to engage you. And unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of church people, too many, really many, I'd say most, don't even have a clear understanding of what the gospel and the good news is. They don't. They don't have a clear understanding. It's not complicated, but they really can't tell you what's so good about it and how it can change your life. And so that's what we're going to talk about. It's a little different. I'm not gonna talk, we're not going to talk as long because uh, we're going to jump back into worship. But we just want to talk about what it is and what do I do with it. Because I've been able to see the ignorance of the, of the gospel, the ignorance of what it is. How in the world can we get excited about something? How can we be changed by something? We really don't even understand it. And I will tell you this, the gospel is simple. Your life isn't simple, but it's, the gospel isn't complicated. It won't just change you, it'll change everything. It'll change everything. But how in the world can you be changed by something? How can it be your reality when you don't even know what it is and how deep it is? And so we've created this church culture, especially in American culture, that has no depth. And I've gotten up. I'm the hype of hype, all hype guys. I don't think many people have more energy than me. And I go home and sleep good because I don't really have that much. I just do what I do. But we have a lot of hype, but no depth. And I, and I was guilty of it. And um, I just want to share. Let's start there. Let's start with what is the gospel, because it's not something that just changes you once. It's something that continues to change me and deepen my life with him and my relationship with him if I continue to seek him. What is it? What is it? Tell somebody next to you, say, what is it? Say, it is finished. It's going to tell you what it is. It is finished. Tell somebody, say, it's done. 
Jesus died on the cross. He went to the cross. We love to say he died for us and he died for our sin and he died to get, he was the standard of sacrifice and surrender. And he set himself on the cross uh, that it, he said, when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his, bowed his head and gave up his spirit. When Jesus said it's finished, it's very simple. He was um, signaling that uh, there's no longer need for uh, temples and sacrifices because they always had to prove themselves and to make up and to, uh, they felt like they had to appease God. And he put an end to that. He said, enough, enough of that. And honestly, he's telling you and all of us, the good news is enough enough. His love is enough. You don't have anything to prove. You don't have anything to prove. But unfortunately, what we do is we see the gospel and we see God is why we come to church. It's why we pay our tithes. It's why we, it's why we, uh, a lot of people, it's why they don't come to the church, um, is that we, uh, it's, uh, we see it as something we have to earn and receive and live up to and make up for and measure up to. And at the end of the day, tell your neighbor, say, it's done. It is finished. Jesus was signaling there's no longer, he was signaling the end of temples. He was because Jesus loves us and he no longer lives in a building. He lives in you and I and the people of God is where he's at. Wherever, it's not a matter of a building, it's wherever his people are and they're seeking him. That's where he is. This building is just a setting. It's not a temple. It is finished. It's done. But what we do is we constantly try to prove things, whether it's on the field, some of you, whether it's in the business and you're trying to get in your business, trying to get a promotion, we're constantly trying to prove something. And Jesus was saying it's finished. The good news has to become your news or you're just going to say it's finished. And pre some of you preach to other people. You can't, you do ministry because, yeah, and I've done it. I've been that guy, man. I've stood on this stage and that's been my heart. Pack out the house. And I felt like, man, it's finished. But in my heart, I, the, the, the numbers are what made me fulfilled. It's finished. We constantly just, we say it. You preach and do ministry and you do it as an outlet to feel better and feel more worthy because you really don't believe it's finished. The good news is good news, but it's not your news until something becomes your news. It's not going to change you. It's not going to be something that holds you up. You're try, still trying to make your bitter, bad, or even dead daddy proud, your biological daddy proud, and it has caused you not even to be able to receive your heavenly father's affirmation and love for you and presence because you don't really understand that when Jesus was on the cross, he was saying, it is done. It is done. This is how I feel about you. This is who you are. It's done. Well, y'all are sleepy. Tell somebody say it's done. It's done. It's done. You don't have to keep trying to prove things and keep pushing people away. You've done it long enough. You, you, let, your, you let your kids uh, play into your guilt all the time. Because God doesn't guide you. Guilt guides you. You feel so bad for what you put them through or allowed them to go through and you let guilt guide you. Amen. The gospel is, so now there's, Paul said, so now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Condemnation has robbed you of enough. Jesus said enough. It's done. Enough. It's done. Condemnation and guilt has robbed you long enough. You self-sabotage. You push people away. You push everything away. You push good opportunities, opportunities away. You can't even have a good man because you don't believe that you're a good woman. We just we constantly, we don't realize it's done. He loves us. He didn't just go to the cross to appease, your, appease um, his holiness. He went to the cross to say, man, this is enough and you need to let it be enough. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You, don't have, you may have the biggest personality in the room, but you got the biggest insecurities too. You got the biggest biceps, but you got the most pride too. 
because you don't realize that the good news is it's done. It's finished. And so we can do ministry and we can preach to everybody else, but deep down we're trying to make up and try to keep tallies because we've made so many mistakes because we don't realize that that is the good news. That's the gospel. John said it this way, and John, they nicknamed him the disciple that Jesus loved. He was BFFs, the closest friend of Jesus. He said, see how very much our father loves us. For he calls us his children. I love this part. In my teenage years, this last part was probably the most inspirational verse in the Bible, just the last part. And that is what we are. You are his child. No matter of, no matter, there is no amount of success and promotion and money that can substitute that. There is no amount of a man, a woman, goodness, good life, rich, wealth. There is nothing that can substitute that that is what you are, his child. You can go seek it. You can go trade sex for love. You can go get somebody to take care of you and, 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 and coddle you. And, and for 50 years, have a great marriage where they pay for everything or, or, they, or that you fix your man and, and do everything. But I'm going to tell you, there is no substitute for that. And there is also no amount of mistakes that can change it. That is who it is. Say it's done. Say it's done. That's the good news. Tell somebody right now, say, say this with me. Say, 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 I got what I need. That's the good news. You got what you need. You got everything you need. This changed me, y'all. Uh, the psalmist writes this. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. That doesn't mean complicated and crazy. Don't even go cynical and negative with me. It means that you are, that you have depth and substance and you're valuable um, the corporate world, they hire people based on their value. What is their value that they bring to the table? You are valuable. You are wonderfully complex, the psalmist writes. He says, your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Mm, that was King David that wrote that, by the way. He was very complicated and crazy. But he says, how well I know that, you have created, that I got everything I need. Paul tells the church at Corinth, who was the most dysfunctional, crazy church. We have literally misread so much of Corinthians. Uh, because we don't realize just how messed up they were. Yet Paul starts out 1 Corinthians 1 and says, Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. He tells this church that he's about to have to spend half the letter rebuking. He says, Before I start this thing off, I want you to know you got what you need. That's the good news. You have everything you need. You have every gift you need. You have everything. God has created you with every gift that you need. And Peter says it this way. Peter probably couldn't even read or write, scholars believe. Yet he led a movement in a, in a time period that they worshiped education. Peter said, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this. By coming to know him, the one who has called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory. Uh, Peter says, God has given us everything we need. Everything. That's the good news. Y'all who are old enough, I just want to break out in Mario right now. You got what you need. And I ain't going to say that part because that don't, that don't fit the point. Um, you got what you need, man. My mama used to tell me, my mama used to say, you so good looking, you so handsome. My grandmama used to tell me that I was good looking and I could sing. Mama was biased, grandmama was biased in line because I can't sing. It don't, stop me, it don't stop me from trying. It don't stop me from trying because I'm going to sing loud, I'm going to belt, I'm going to go hoarse, and I'm, I don't just do it in the shower because I ain't got no shame in my game. But they were biased. And, you know, there are certain people you're like, you love me. You're going to say Angie's in the mirror sometimes. I'm like, girl, you are fine. She's like, oh, I'm glad you think so, but you're biased. 
but you got what you need. God made you. You got what you need. People, when I got married to Angie, when I got married to Angie, uh, people would, you know, I was the guy that was the pastor, associate pastor back then, and I was single. So when I got married, everybody liked to say that I was confident and overcompensating, and I thought my, I thought I had things that were on me that were bigger than others, all that stuff that people say when you wait to almost 30 to get married. And, uh, and the truth is, I wasn't. I wasn't cocky when I got married. I actually was very fearful the first year or two because um, I thought, man, what's going on? I, I really remember walking out of the honeymoon and thinking, crap's going to go sideways when she figures out who she really married. <laughs> I wasn't cocky the first year or two because I was just waiting. I was like, when is she going to realize what I'm working with? But about a year or two in, when I realized this girl knows me, she knows everything I'm working with. <laughs> she knows everything. And, and apparently I got what she needs. I make her smile. She keeps coming back for more. Then I got cocky. And I'm still strutting a little bit sometimes. I still, I still get a little cocky. I still think I'm a little bigger than I probably am just because of that. Because Angie ain't biased. She sees it for what it is. And see, God's perspective of you carries weight. It does. It carries a lot of weight. And that's what changes it. God is not your grandmama. He's not your mama. He made you. And the fact that he says you have everything you need carries weight. But the problem is, is that you believe crap, which is why your life is to the, that's why you live it. Let's just face it. I'm dumb. I'll, I can't do anything right. You're still worried about the mistakes you made 15 years ago and slipping up and doing them again, yet you built a great life and you're not that person anymore. We believe crap. I'm dumb. I'm incompetent. I've got a learning disability. I can't lose weight. I'm ugly. I'm incompetent. You constantly believe it. And here's the thing is, the Bible says that what a man believeth in his heart so is he. You are not what you eat. Because I ain't a little Deborah tree cake up in this mug right now, so that ain't true. <laughs> but you are what you believe. You are what you believe. And I'm telling you, God said it a long time ago. The good news is you got what you need. Say this with me. Say it's done. Say I got what I need. Say it again. Say I got what I need. Christ in you changes everything. This is the good news. Christ in you. Christ in me. Can you speak that over yourself? Say Christ in me. Don't talk to your neighbor. Don't say it to your neighbor. Say it over yourself. Say Christ in me. It changes everything. Paul told the church at Colossia. He said Christ in you. Christ in me. Hope of glory. John told the church that he was leading. He says, but you belong to God, dear, my dear children. I love that. Talking like a spiritual granddaddy, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people. Whoever those people in your, are in your life, the ones that undermine you, the ones that have told you for 20 years, the ones that didn't give you the promotion that passed you up for it, the ones that cut you, the parents that neglected you, whatever it is, he says, you already have won the victory over those people. Because why? Because the spirit, the good news, the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Greater is he who lives in you. Christ in you changes everything. I'm going to tell you something right now. This will change your world right now. This will change your Christmas. This will change your today. This ain't something that just, when it begins to click in your life, Paul says uh, to the church at Rome, a group of young believers, he says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, if this is, if the, if this is your news that, that you receive this, if this is your news, if, this, if the good news is your, your news, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Same spirit. If the good news becomes your news, Christ in you changes everything. I'm going to tell you, it changed my everything. 
It changed my everything. When it began to click, and honestly, I've had to get back to it many times because I've gotten away. I've had stress and my issues just like you. Life comes up, life happens, and I got away from it. And I, but I'm going to tell you, when this clicks, Christ in you, it changes everything. Your, 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 uh, your limitations are no longer limitations. You realize that God even understands your limitations, and he created even the weaknesses in your life to set you up for success. Your, your, defi- your deficiencies and dysfunctions and, and your disabilities even, they, are, they, are, they don't disqualify you. Your, your, your character defects don't disqualify you. Christ in me. Can you say that? Say Christ in me. Christ in me, hope of glory. Greater is he who is in you, the same spirit that lives in you. This is the gospel, guys. When it just began to click in my life, and I think I ended up getting knocked down enough to realize I kept getting back up, and I was like, wow, why am I getting back up? Apparently, I'm not who I thought I was, and that's because I, stopped, I, stopped, I finally realized I am who he says I am. And for me to be able to really receive it and, and quit getting knocked down all the time and having to get back up, I've got to be able to stand strong. And how you stand strong is to realize the good news has to become your news, and the good news is Christ in you changes everything. I'm going to tell you, I can walk in a room now. It's not a personality. It's not a coping mechanism. It's, it really is. I can walk in a room and I can be completely me. There was a time in my life I could work a stage when I had a crowd, but you get me in a room talking one-on-one to people, I had no confidence. I can walk in a room now. I can know who I am. I can tick all over the place, y'all. Anybody who knows much about me, I have Tourette's syndrome. And I can literally, when, when, if I was, uh, Bradford's going to come up here in a few minutes. And, and I, if I was up here having to sit beside him like people make me do at funerals. By the way, if I ever preach anybody you love's funeral, the last place I want to be is on the stage unless I'm talking because I'm going to be all over the place. And I'm going to tell you, I could tick right here and not care. It's just Christ in me changes, changed everything when it began to click. It's funny, Angie knows it doesn't bother me. So we're walking through the furniture store a couple weeks ago. She says, you got this new tick. I got this new tick. If you ever see me, I'm kind of dragging my leg a little bit. Like I kind of, and I'll do it on the stage preaching. And she said, you know what, Ben? She said in front of everybody, she knows it don't bother me because I realize this is Christ in me, man. God is, I know who I am. I don't say that from a place of just encouragement. Like that's my reality. As I walked and she said, she said, baby, your new tick's funny. It looks like you got to pee real bad. I said, man, I said, thanks, babe. Right about I said, thanks, babe. We kept looking at beds because we bought a new bed frame. It doesn't bother me, man. I can, I can be, I've been able to, uh, what's the word we said the other day? You, all these, we rubbing elbows. What is it? Rubbing elbows? I don't know. Anyway, I can, I can talk to some of the most elite and affluent in this area. I've even now gotten the opportunity to talk to some state, rep, state level leaders. And I'm as comfortable in a room with them as I am with my kids. Uh, If I have a dumb question to ask, I have a lot of dumb questions because I'm good at a couple of things and I have to ask a lot of questions with the rest. If I need an answer, I'm going to ask the question because I know that in a room, Christ in me changes everything. So there's things that that person that I need to answer from, there's things that I'll never be able to do that they can do. But Christ in me, there's things I can do that they can only dream about too because Christ in you, in me hope of glory. It changed my life, y'all. I realized, man, I can look people in the eye that hurt me and I can say sincerely, I love you. I want the best for you. I don't, they don't like me. I don't like some of them, but I can say, you know what? Christ in me, go your own way, do your own thing. I hope you find what you're looking for. And I can mean it because Christ in me changes everything, everything. 
I'm not as defensive as I used to be. Uh, most of the time, I'm kind of petty every now and then because I'm a human being, but uh, I'm not overly sensitive as I used to be because I realize Christ in me changes everything and finally nothing can beat God's love. This is the good news. I'm gonna summarize it, the good news, nothing. Paul said, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Nothing. What you obsess about, what you're wounded about, what you're afraid of, what you don't think you can overcome. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Nothing can beat his love for you. But it, it has to be your reality. Nothing. You don't you have a daddy? Uh, King David didn't have a daddy. He had a, he had a negligent daddy. Daddy didn't have a mama. And he says in Psalms, he said, though my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will raise me up. The Lord will raise me up. There's nothing. You've been a prodigal? Man, the, 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 product, the, the heavenly father's waiting on you just like the prodigal father was waiting on the son to come home. When the good news becomes your news... I'm going to tell you, we got entrepreneurs in the building. You don't know it yet. We got pastors and spiritual leaders. We got families that are going to get back together. We got financial situations that you are no longer going to live in poverty. You're going to have something and you're going to be able to do something with it. We got, we, got, we got marriages getting put back together. We got testimonies. that We got people being raised to life completely because nothing beats his love when the good news becomes our news. Thanks for listening. 
We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at iamcatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you. We care about you. And we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.